This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell, and joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar. We also have the TSO's marketing director, Felicia Canny, and a couple of special guests today. We're joined by conductor Giordano Bellincampi, who is a longtime associate uh, of the Toledo Symphony's guest conducted many times, is a Toledo favorite, and he is here with us today. Welcome, Maestro. Thank you very much. I also want to mention that um, we have another guest, Octavian Moldovian, who is a doctoral student at Bowling Green State University, and he didn't know he was going to be on the podcast today, but he's here. He's my intern, actually, at WGTE, so welcome, Octavian. Good morning, and thank you. Glad to have you here. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we had the intern from Toledo Symphony Come join us. So now it's equal time, right? We have it's w- only fair. WGTE <laughs> intern. We love interns. Well, today we're going to have a conversation mostly about uh, Maestro Bellincampi and his association with Toledo Symphony because it's kind of fun to hear a little bit from the outside, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we tend to, to get into a little bubble sometimes. It's nice to have somebody come from the outside and talk a little bit about uh, what it is that we do here. And I, I, before we do that... Uh, Maestro, I want to talk a little bit about you and get your background because you have a very Italian name, about yes. as Italian as it gets. <laughs> yes, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you grew up in Denmark. You're you're Danish. Yes. Well, no, I, I am Italian, but okay. as, yeah, I've lived many years in Denmark, studied okay. there, and my wife is Danish, and my family lives there. So, but but you were born in Italy. Yes, I'm were from you, Rome. Yes, were you I'm, raised in? Yeah, in Italy yeah I, yes, yes. Okay, big soccer fan. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> you and Octavian, I know that he it, he's, he's from Romania. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so you then, when did you end up in Denmark? What was your path to go there? Uh, my my mother uh, was a university professor, uh-huh. and she uh, teached for some years at the University of Copenhagen, uh, Italian. So this is why we moved there, uh, yeah. and I was uh, 11, 12 years old. Then after the years, her years there were finished, she moved back to, to Rome, and I stayed. Yeah. So Why did you stay? Was it was there? Well, it was partly because of the music, actually. Mm-hmm. I had started playing. Uh, I'm a trombone trombone player, yes. Yeah. Yes. Started playing. So many trombones. <laughs> what what is it about trombone players and conductors? Because Alain Trudel is a, yeah. a trombonist. Yes. In fact, hang on. I want you to tell me uh, what you think of this. Ready? <laughs> that is one of the great trombonists of the world playing <laughs> the sad trombone for us, Elaine Trudeau. <laughs> the sad trombone, that's yeah. what it's called. Uh, I'm, I'm very disappointed you didn't bring your trombone. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, no comparison. Uh, Trudel is a, <laughs> an incredible virtuoso on the trombone. So yeah. you're telling me that your sad trombone wouldn't sound nearly that good? No. <laughs> but that would, would be he happier. Actually, it would be happier. No. <laughs> <laughs> he recorded two of them for us. I could, this is, <laughs> so it's hard to tell which of those two is more sad, yeah, right? Yeah, the yeah. first, the okay. first one. Yeah. Well, next <laughs> next time, next time you're here, I expect the trombone. We're gonna have a okay. little duel of the uh, okay. the trombones. Okay. He's never right? coming back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Nice knowing you. Mm. Um, so, you're in Denmark. You decided yes. to stay in Denmark yes, as a trombonist. Now, were you yes. playing in an orchestra there? Yes. Or? I was uh, I was studied at, studying at the time. I was studying at the, the Royal Academy in Copenhagen, and then I started playing in orchestra. Yeah. Uh, played in the in the opera orchestra, the Royal Danish Orchestra, and, and then I played in other orchestras in Scandinavia. Uh, we got family, 
And then when I was 30 years old, I started conducting full-time. I had been conducting a bit earlier as well. but uh, What, what but made you want to start conducting? Well, honestly, uh, I've, I have always wanted to be a conductor, uh. but, but I, I really enjoyed the orchestra playing as well. Mm. So I didn't, I didn't plan a career as a conductor at all. Um, it's something that simply happened slowly. Uh, a, a bit tough call, especially because I started relatively late. I was 30 years old. We already yeah. had three children. Going from from a, a full-time orchestra job to a freelance life yeah. as a conductor was not it the was easiest call. Hard but, to uh, take that yeah. kind of a risk. Yeah, yeah. 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 you have a young family. But uh, it seems to go okay. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, think you've, I think you've done okay. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you remember your, your first... Uh, Professional conducting engagement. And of what course. That was. Oh yeah. yeah, of course. What was yeah. it? Um, it was with uh, with the regional orchestra in Denmark, the Odense Symphony Orchestra. And uh, actually, I got the job because one of my studying mates as a trombonist, he had won the position as principal trombone there, and he was supposed to play at the matinee this trombone concerto by Launi Grandel, which. Alain Trudel surely will know, and yeah. trombone players know, but no one else knows it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he he was very nervous that the orchestra would give him a, a not so experienced conductor that might not know the the trombone concerto at all and uh. would not be prepared. So he proposed, I know this guy; he's a trombone player, but he's also a conductor. So basically, so, this was the yeah. trombone mafia that, exactly. that got you into the <laughs> conducting business. But what 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 he didn't tell me uh, was that this matinee concert also included uh, the first movement of uh, the second piano concerto by Rachmaninoff. It included uh. Uh, <laughs> the first movement of the Carnelson Third Symphony, and uh, <laughs> but no I trombone, think, so he didn't yeah, care, right? And Beethoven Egmont or something. Wow. So, um, uh, so I started the rehearsal uh, with the orchestra, and in the intermission, they asked if I could do two uh, subscription concerts the next season. Wow. And uh, yeah, that so was that, it. That was it. That's really. great. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about your introduction to Toledo. Now, is anybody here aside from Giordano? Were, were you privy to the first time when he came here to the symphony? I'm trying to remember what the first concert was you did here. Do you remember? Yeah, on, I remember that it is must be like 12 years ago or something. Yeah. And I'm I'm in doubt whether it was actually the Berlioz Deum was the first time I was here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not completely sure, um, but uh, I, I remember that. Uh, it was was Bob Bell who who had contacted my my agent uh, in London at that time, and uh, and, and I honestly I, I didn't know about the, the Toledo Symphony I have yeah. to admit, uh, but they 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 told me you should go it's it's a very very fine orchestra very good environment uh, uh, Bob is a great man knows about music you can trust his programming yeah. uh, and it was all true it was yeah. really really nice to to, to be you didn't show up at your here here and you were like what have I gotten myself no, into what not am not I in? not at all not at all <laughs> I remember the first time entering the Paris style that was really uh, yeah. something. On t- because it it is such 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 a beautiful room, yeah. really really beautiful room. It's a fantastic so, yeah. space. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, that's really interesting. Zach, you want to say something? You, you said that the reputation was that it's a, it's a good environment. What does that mean? Well, you know, as 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 a conductor, we 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 travel around as guests in 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 many many orchestras or opera houses, and 
and there are many parameters you you you, you have when when you have to to choose what to do with your time. Mm-hmm. Of course, there is for some people like you know prestige of of only performing in big cities. That is for for some some colleagues really important. For me, it is more about can I can I trust the fact that we are all really wanting to make music together. Mm-hmm. This is for me a, 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 a vital thing. Um, the, uh, the the trust between the the artistic uh, management, the organization, the musicians, and and me as as a guest is is vital for for having a good time as a conductor. You know, we sp- I spend around two hundred and fifty days a year uh, in hotel rooms. Yeah. So so you want to feel re- relatively happy doing so. <laughs> Yeah. That, that makes complete sense. Well, you have to have the the temperament to be able to do that. The traveling, you like to travel, I take it. Mm, not not particularly, but yeah. but it's it's part of the job. I mean, yeah. it it is a big part of the job. Do you, do you have any travel horror stories you want to tell us about? Like, oh, they're very boring. You know, <laughs> I mean, what? what th- there's nothing interesting. Sitting on an airplane, exactly, yeah. and spending nights in airports waiting. That's wow. Not, I mean, I was I was actually here when there was um, the the ash uh, issue over Iceland, oh, where, yeah. where, where yeah. they no, closed no planes, down right. they closed down the plane. That was actually quite interesting, yeah. because uh, I I took a quick decision from Detroit and flew to New York. Although mm-hmm. I was, in theory, I was going to Europe, but there were no flights. I thought it mm-hmm. might be easier for me to go to New York. Yeah, You're at least going in the you right were closer. Direction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I thought if I had to stay here for two weeks, then at least I can just check in into a hotel uh, in New York. Well, and, you didn't and, want to stay in Toledo for two weeks? Well, I mean, it would, would be nicer to go to, to to the Met and and to the New York field yeah. every every second day, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have to admit, I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna write that down. There's a, there's a check mark right there. <laughs> But um, yeah, so but actually, I only had to wait a couple of days, and then yeah. I f- found a flight to Rome. Let's see, uh, MoMA or yeah. Mudhens, <laughs> one or the other. I've never been decision. at a Mudhens. Uh, uh, Mudhens? Yeah, you, you haven't been. No. Wow, Zach. We, we don't do the concerts typically in the season, so yeah. it's really right now that you would overlap. Yeah. But I don't think they're in mm. town. Okay. Yeah. So over these years, you've gotten to know many of the musicians in our orchestra. And one yes. of the most amazing things is that you know them by name. Mm. Uh, so you can speak to them as, as colleagues. Uh, what, what memories come out of our orchestra when you think of Toledo and the personalities in our orchestra? Well, uh, once again, I was impressed from the, from the very first visit about the professionality, but also the dedication. That is really, really important. The, the, the job of a conductor, uh, as a guest conductor, is that you get an instrument that is well-tuned, as it was here with the, with the job that the orchestra was doing every day with the music director. Um, but, but then you, <coughs> you find a way of, of, of playing this instrument, uh, mm-hmm. bringing new ideas, but also taking new ideas from, 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 from the orchestra. And uh, I found this uh, f- fantastic collaboration and dedication, and this, this has remained probably even improved over 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 time uh, some changes natural changes have have, have been in in the orchestra in the, the personnel uh, and but also this this these roots of the orchestra which seem so healthy and solid mm-hmm. and uh, it's 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 it is really really a pleasure to be here it's it's a friendly environment but it's also a very uh, 
sparkling environment in the sense that uh, they, they they want they want to improve and they want to make music at every rehearsal. That yeah. is inspiring. Mm. Uh, talk a little bit about the the audience because you know we talk about you as a Toledo favorite, and mm. I think audiences of the symphony are very familiar with you and with your work, and they're comfortable and they enjoy seeing you. Uh, with the symphony, how do you feel your relationship with the audience has grown over the last twelve years? That 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 has grown a lot. Um, first of all, it it is it is difficult to describe what happens as a conductor because I I turn my back to the audience as soon as we start. <laughs> so, so no you, offense. Yeah. So so I don't I don't have that kind of direct f- uh, uh, eyes on them, but but you can always sense an audience yeah. and mm-hmm. at, at at the peristyle. Uh, the the atmosphere is always very particular. Mm. Uh, in the later years, with the with the video screens, it has changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, f- for for me, it was actually quite scary the first time because they are very very big and they're very close to the stage. <laughs> very so, so I, I could, you know what I could, that is? I, it's it's <laughs> like when you turn on your camera to take a picture and the selfie camera is on. You see yourself up uh, close. <laughs> yes, and and actually seeing myself conduct so close, so big. <laughs> Simultaneously, <laughs> while I do it, is is a bit scaring. I mean, uh, we, we we are used to it from from big outdoor concerts, and but but then yeah. generally they are a bit more far away, so I can't, right, can't see right. it. And you know, as as a conductor, uh, you you're always very focused on of, of uh, the, does does the gesture mean really something mm-hmm. for the musicians? Uh, is uh, are you giving something that is useful? Mm. And so we are all we always very critical about our our behavior on stage, and then you see yourself and think, oh, what am I? Why am I doing this? It's totally superfluous. I could do something. Super. Yeah. So, so uh, I could yes. have done this in one gesture. Yes, exactly. Yeah, take it easy. You know. But then, yeah. but then, I mean, do you ever find then you you you're just like kind of glued to the screen no, watching no. what you're doing? No, no, no. You Look at that no. handsome man up there. No, wow. no, no, no. I could watch him no, all day. Actually, no, actually, I really, really try. Not to, to, no, no. I think we can develop glasses yeah. for you that yeah. you just you know, hide a little bit. Like little on blinders side. on the yeah. sides. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Giordano, you're talking about gestures. One of my favorite things about watching you conduct is that you don't use a baton. Mm-hmm. Tell yeah. us about that. Well, um, I'm a little bit too too tall uh, to be a conductor. Um, Wait. How tall are yeah. you? How tall are you? <laughs> I don't know in in in, in your measures. I'm one eight <laughs> one one eighty five meters. Uh, so Someone, me too. Yeah. <laughs> my my arms are really long, uh, and and that is actually technically uh, apart from from the laugh, it's 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 not an advantage because mm. what what we want to do is actually to keep everything no. very very close into a, a small. So you're afraid you're going to yeah. poke somebody's eye out? No, no, baton? no, no. But I, I used uh, the first years. I used the baton, uh, yeah. but but I discovered that it was a bit easier for me to to keep the gesture a little more limited, mm-hmm. uh, and also to keep them a little closer to to the body. Do, uh, do you use your your fingers? Like yes. Your, yeah. Yes, and and then of course I have developed more of a molding style. Mm-hmm. One could what could say about about sound. Which is very similar to what you use as a chorus conductor. A lot, lot of chorus conductors mm-hmm. uh, do do that, uh, and I found that for me it works quite well, especially with uh, with string sound. Mm-hmm. Something yeah. where you can you can develop a way of uh, transmitting without words to to the strings which kind of sound we should develop. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's but 
uh, the later years I've been teaching uh, postgraduate uh, conductors and uh, it's it's really interesting to see that every person has his or her own style mm-hmm. sure and and it doesn't really matter there are some basic things about conducting technique that you need to to do like the downbeat has to go down that is <laughs> that is yeah yeah seems really? simple but there are many colleagues that don't I do it i think of a few conductors <laughs> so we need to have that conversation haven't quite mastered, right? yeah. but you know i have i have a very i have a very strict rule uh, when yeah. to, to 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 my students i, I tell mm-hmm. them you can do pretty much what you want in between but the downbeat has to go down because re- please remember big downbeat big paycheck yeah. <laughs> so that's <laughs> so that's nice. that's kind of and 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 they they understand that yeah so <laughs> but there are no small downbeats only small paychecks right? <laughs> not big enough yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i, I want to go around and ask each of us here a question because we, we've got uh, looking at our point of view zach is an uh, administrator and before that somebody who was basically an audience member maybe an elevated level i was a groupie member. Mm-hmm. a groupie there that's the word i was looking for mm-hmm. <laughs> octavian is a, a flute player i was a singer for many years, you play the oboe. Yes. Right? And the kazoo. <laughs> and oh the my kazoo. Gosh. That keeps <laughs> yeah. coming up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the question is this what makes a good conductor? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'll start. From the standpoint of somebody who sang, was a singer, uh, every conductor is different. What makes a good conductor? I would say communication, the ability to feel like they have your back, right? Mm-hmm. And that you can look at somebody. If you need help, and they're right there for you. Okay, so communication for me—that's key. What would you say, Octavian, as a as a flute player? Well, as an orchestral player, I think uh, for me the most important things would be um, inspiration, to be inspired by the person who's mm-hmm. sitting in front of the orchestra, and to be easy to follow. Or yeah, that's the downbeat thing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. So. A matter of communication, like yeah. you said. Yeah. What, what do you think, Felicia? You want to? Yes. I'm, I'm saving Giordano for the end. Right? <laughs> well, I think um, a good conductor definitely has leadership uh, skills mm-hmm. and a, a bigger vision for what the piece should sound like. It should be in his or her head, and then he helps um, guide the orchestra musicians to yeah. that end. And I think that without that, it's, you know, music loses that inspiration quality that you were talking about. That's great. Uh, Zach, you're up. So we finished this music director search last year. So we got to sit with a lot of different music director candidates. And there was one who said something very interesting about the rehearsal techniques. And he said... um, for me, it, it, I really have to understand which doors to open and which ones to leave closed as mm-hmm. I'm rehearsing the orchestra. And Is that like pick your battles kind well, of thing? Or? Like of it. course, I would like to get to this point, but I know that rehearsal time is limited, and yeah. I can only open so many doors. And some doors, if we open, we might not be able to close again. So uh, you know, for, for that conductor, the, the opportunity to, to walk through the hallway very quickly and see which doors to open and which ones to leave closed to make the most maximal impression in the most efficient time to make the, the, the performance really excellent. 
And I thought that, you know, from a leadership standpoint or a metaphor for leadership, whenever you're working with a team for the first time, you have to make those assessments almost on the fly. And yeah. I think that's a it's a nice way to think of what the conductor's role is, because by the time we get to the concert, the doors have already been opened and closed. So the the hard work has been done. And for the audience, we don't really know what the preparation is. We don't we don't need to know. But that's what the conductor is really yeah. there for. And when you're assessing somebody like that, then the question becomes, well, do you have that skill? Right. <laughs> and and I've, I've definitely seen some 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 maestros open up doors that they should never have opened. <laughs> <laughs> do they walk through? <laughs> That's the point. Take everybody with them. That's right. Okay, well, we saved the best for last. Uh, well, it of course, it is really complex. I would like to go back to your question, which was what makes a really good conductor. Yeah. Because what we're talking about here is are all really, really important things, but but this is very much about how the conductor acts, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is not, which is which is only a reflection of what is before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said something about the vision, about having um, uh, the music in the head, but I think that uh, of course you need to have at least many of these skills mm-hmm. that we are talking about now. Even if I could actually mention some of the biggest conductors of all times that do lack some of those skills. Sure. Uh, But the reason why they are so incredibly great is that what is behind that is a true and deep uh, understanding of the essence of the fire of the music. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, the the ability to to be able to, to study a score properly is actually probably probably the most important thing. So what is what is really the need of performing the score. If you if you start by that um, and have at least some of those skills, uh, you can c- go quite a long yeah. way with with an orchestra. Let's talk about some of your favorite scores, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you're talking about studying a score, knowing why you want to do it, why it's appropriate yes. right for any particular concert talk a little bit about some of your favorite pieces i know a lot of people will always say oh i don't have any favorites you know i, I like what i'm doing at the time mm. but but <laughs> I, I want to put you on the spot yes. i know felicia said that at one point we were talking about church windows i think and mm-hmm. she said oh respighi he loves respighi mm-hmm. right can you talk about your your favorites so uh, music is a wonderful thing. There are so many priorities in music, so many things that we can uh, so we, we can get out of, of music. Mm-hmm. Respighi is a, is a wonderful, uh, colorful composer. Yeah. But I would say, although th- it's extremely fun to conduct and it's extremely fun to play and very fun to listen to, it would not rank on the top five of my scores. I mean, yeah. uh, when when yeah. it comes to, to studying scores, I really enjoy studying very, very simple scores, like mm. an early Haydn symphony. Really? Or uh, uh, Bach, St. Matthew Passion. Uh, well, that's which, not necessarily a simple score. No, right? no, <laughs> no. I, I mean, of course, of course not simple. And it's actually because this is really complicated from mm. a musical point of view, but simple in the sense that there are not so many notes or right. mm-hmm. so many right. instruments like you mm-hmm. have in Respighi, which is a Full Technicolor set. Yeah. So um, I I generally travel with uh, with pocket scores of at least a couple of Beethoven and Brahms symphonies with me. Although really? I, they are quite well in the head, but uh, just just looking at at Beethoven first symphony once in a while makes me really happy. And, and I mean, for being a conductor, it is vital 
to f- have the need to go into this kind of scores all the time and uh, mm. remind yourself of why why it's important to play it. Giordano, you're making me think of a statement you made last year. Mm-hmm. You were talking about how that this season you would be coming back uh, on four concerts because uh, we we didn't yet have our mm-hmm. artistic leadership uh, intact, and you were you were going to be acting as kind of our anchor conductor mm-hmm. for the year. But you had said at that point that this gave you an opportunity to perform pieces that were more appropriate for a music director as opposed to a guest conductor. Yes. Can you explain what you meant by that? Well, uh, I'm, I am and I've been music director of, of several orchestras, so so I know that there is kind of a way of structuring the way you you, you, you train your orchestra to, to play. And there, there, there are parts of the repertoire, the central German repertoire that is what really defines the sound of an orchestra. So the way that an orchestra plays Beethoven, Mendelssohn, Brahms, for instance, Schumann partly, is is really what defines the way that the how, how the orchestra goes to Mahler and Bruckner mm-hmm. or Shostakovich or Tchaikovsky, whatever. So generally with my orchestras I focus quite a lot on that repertoire and I'm quite careful about giving guest conductors access to a Brahms symphony for instance uh-huh. <laughs> I have to be really it's it's both about what the orchestra can take at the moment and also what what I know that conductor will bring sometimes of course it's really really refreshing it's not mm-hmm. like no one is allowed to conduct Brahms with my orchestras <laughs> but but we we have to have to be a little careful because um, it is it, it really defines the orchestra and then when they have a new music director they can they can go in another direction so I was I've been really really pleased with this season having the opportunity to work on Beethoven and Brahms and Mendelssohn and and yeah. Mahler yeah, but not after this. That's all you got. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, no, actually, I believe so. Next year you'll be back for a program of uh, <laughs> <Scott>. Mendelssohn <laughs> and, and Beethoven. Beethoven. I know. And oh, now Car- we know your Carabini. And Carabini. <laughs> Carabini. Carabini. Are yes. you doing a symphony? Or? No, we're doing the, the Medea Overture before, oh. before the um, okay. uh, one of the piano concertos because Beethoven was a great fan of Carabini. Oh, you loved him. Exactly. He, Cherubini, he thought, was the second best composer, exactly. right? After exactly. himself, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so so I, I use it uh, quite often as a, as a pairing to, to Beethoven. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking, uh, you've recorded a lot of Nielsen, mm-hmm. and I haven't heard you mention Nielsen. Have, have you done Nielsen here? Um, I think, ooh, I think we did maybe second or third symphonies mm. okay. some, some years ago, but uh, I'm, I'm in doubt, honestly. Okay. Those, those symphonies are amazing. Fantastic music. Yeah, Fantastic wonderful. music. If if you can sell the tickets, I'm happy to come. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I'm I'm just saying I, I I really really love to conduct Nielsen and I do it a lot and uh, and I tr- try to be a good advocate for 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 Nielsen abroad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also understand because I'm as I said I'm I have some experience as music director that mm-hmm. there is, has to be a balance and mm-hmm. and audiences. I have experienced everywhere I've conducted Nielsen that audiences who are there, they really, really love it. And mm. they said, oh, we never heard of this composer before, but this was fantastic. But yeah. they leave uh, loving it yes. as opposed to going the, Yes, to. Yeah. but the problem is that uh, they, they can get a bit scared by the fact, oh, there's a symphony of a composer we don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But, but if uh, you do it, uh, enough, it would be great. It would be great. Well, that's about all the time that we have. Thanks yeah. so much to Thank Giordano Bellancampi for Thank spending you. time with us today.
And we look forward to having you back in Toledo, as always. I started to say it earlier. I'd just like to thank you for for giving us this year and the great sacrifice that you've you've made to come across the pond as many times as you have to help us through this transitionary year. It's been a pleasure working with you, Giordano. Thank you, Zach. Thank Thank you. you. Toledo Symphony Lab is generously underwritten by a gift from the estate of Barbara Garwood and is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org lab or by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. My thanks, of course, to Maestro Giordano Bellincampi, also to our WGTE intern, Octavian Moldovean, and to Zach Vasser, CEO and President of Toledo Symphony, and to Felicia Candy, the Marketing Director of TSO. I'm Brad Cresswell. You've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab here on FM 91.